Guys, welcome to Minefields. My name is Joshua Michael. We've got our badass here, Mr. Tony Reynolds. What's up, brother? Uh, it's another damn paradise, man. How's things going with you? No, it's been going great, man. Uh, from what I understand, you were playing Casanova last night to your lady, your wifey. You were uh, <laughs> going from hotel to hotel to strip. No, I'm just kidding. No, you... no, no, no. No, you were you were being the the badass and taking care of a woman like she should be treated last night. I uh, do what I can. Uh, me and uh, me and the missus and our ch- five-year-old child went out and you know, got a hotel for the evening. Just kind of got away for a day or two. Had a lovely time. Oh. Dined like we shouldn't have dined. What'd you eat, man? Oh, dude. Garbage. Hot, tasty, delicious garbage. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm hearing some uh, New England <laughs> shit, so I'm thinking some lobster. Some chowder. <laughs> some chowder, maybe. No, friggin', we had a uh, had some fuzzies tacos, had some pizza for dinner, bunch of stuff I shouldn't have eaten, and I'm gonna I've been paying for it all day. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Fuzzy, so you you went to Denver? No, we saw those uh, off of a uh, off of Fillmore. There's the fuzzies. Oh no shit! Off of Fillmore in the eye. So you're in so. line for like an hour? No, in and out in like ten minutes. Oh, that's awesome! It was lovely. What's uh? I'm always, down, I'm always down for some fuzzy tacos. What's Mr. Connor eat? What, what's what's his uh taco uh favorites? Ah, he had a little freaking little cheese and chicken quesadilla. Hell yeah! And some uh Oreo churros. They make Oreo Oreo churros. Oreo churros. I, I kid you not. Oh my god! You're missing out. Dude, I've been on the jazz with my diet. I cheated and went to Wendy's on the uh, way to Primo's uh, on uh, on Friday night with my homegirl, and uh, oh, dude, it was it was so bad. <laughs> it it was so bad, and the service was the like worst. so good. It was bad. Or no, it was it was, it was disgusting. garbage. It was garbage. It was garbage, and like she she ordered the the chili, and I uh, I didn't stop her because obviously she loves the chili at Wendy's and I I didn't have the heart to tell her how it's made. <laughs> oh. They uh we never want to do that. Wendy's Wendy's <laughs> chili for you minefielders. Uh So she doesn't watch the show yet. Oh no, no. She's listened to uh, <laughs> she's listened to a bunch of the wrestling uh interviews, but I don't think she's listening to any of, uh, the comic ones, but for you uh, MFers out there until tonight. Wendy's chili is made from all of the old ass Burgers they didn't sell the night beforehand. They put it in a bag, <laughs> and that's what they put in the chili. Oh, we got the scoop, <laughs> dude! I had a the disgusting putrid scoop, dude. Like like that that bag that they or, or or pot they have it in is like a couple of days old. We're not talking like they use everything in one day, and uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut this out of the show. <laughs> oh no, no! You got to keep this in. You got to keep this in. People, people got to know. They need to know. People have to know. 
People have to know. It's we for get... the betterment of uh, betterment of the nation. Oh, dude. The minefields nation. A universe, if you will. I know, man. And, like, those, <laughs> those pubeless wonders at that Wendy's in, in, in Castle Rock. Fuck you. Fun. <laughs> You just say that because they shaved it and put it on their chin. Oh, dude, they didn't have nothing, man. Like, they like I, I specifically said I want the honey sauce, not the honey mustard. Oh, we have that. And then she ordered a potato too because she likes to mix the potato with the chili. And then we get there and they're like, "Oh, we don't have potato." We get to the window, we don't have potatoes. And she's, "Oh, dude, I almost had to hold her out of the window, man." <laughs> uh -oh. She was lit, and and uh, we get our bags of food and. I was like, do they have the honey sauce? She's like, no, just the honey mustard. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> oh, praise his name. Praise his name. We praise his name. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're quoting you, some you, replacements. You just couldn't win. You just couldn't win, I man. Couldn't, I couldn't win. But then we went to Primo's, and you know what? We won, man. Primo's, like, hey, thank you. Joey, Tyra, like, hell yeah. Way to take care of a reporter and a performer. And uh, the wrestling was great. Uh, the, the rapping was decent. And... Uh, <laughs> We found a Denny's, man, and feasted on our Primo's money. <laughs> For those who don't know, you cannot find a Denny's in Colorado Springs. Can't they find have all They've all been destroyed. They've been all, all destroyed. They've all, they're all now inhabited by the bum folk. And, and uh, I, I walk in, and I was like, man, I really hope they, because uh, I always ask for Tabasco sauce, and uh, I really hope they give me a full bottle. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because I always, if you hand me at any restaurant, whatsoever you hand me a full ass tabasco sauce that's going in my pocket on the way out <laughs> and she was so sweet we're leaving we're packing and paying she's like dude tabasco sauce you got your you got your backpack <laughs> I'm like hell yeah mm. i love stealing tabasco sauce <laughs> it's like, Plus, is this like a tradition now Dude, it is. It's it's been a tradition. It's a thing. It's it's a thing. I always if you if if uh, 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 if I'm at a restaurant and they hand me a full ass Tabasco sauce, it's going in my my uh, greasy ass Mexican pockets. <laughs> Aww. Ah, but we got we got some comics to talk about. But tonight we we uh, we had the honor to interview Mr. Proof tonight, Mr. Johnny Proof. Hell yeah, Johnny Proof saying the truth, Mr. Proofski. <laughs> Dude, that was a lot of fun, man. Like that was—he was on fire. It was—it was an absolute pleasure to talk to that guy. Like, I can't wait to sh meet him and shake his hand. Yeah, I know. Proof's a proof's a stand-up dude. Great guy. Freaking hell of a wrestler. Freaking great old talent that you know should be utilized more, and hopefully we will see to that. And a stand-up X-Men fan. He does love him some X-Men. And 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 he like I started pulling some like. Numbers about what these what these uh the recent legends are coming out. He like good thing I bought that when it came out. Like you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he did get you on that. You're not wrong. Oh, uh, dude, I, I <clears throat> dude, it still kicks. It still kills me. I saw that over at the God. What was that? It's, it's that shitty comic store by the uh, God. It's it's by the it's Salvation Army in a in a vape store. I go to all the time, and I saw it there for. Regular price, and I'm like, nah, saving money for some McFarlands, and should have got that goddamn. Oh, <laughs> he nah. missed out. No, nah, he, he was on. No, nah, he was on a level, man. It was great to talk to him. Great gentleman. Like, wait, like, I I loved how well he was speaking without being an over politician. Like, you know, when you hear like John Cena talk, you can't. He he's a politician. Like, yeah, he never answers the question. Um, he answered the question with some. 
with some uh, heavy fairness, but without being a dickhead and without burying anybody. And I, I loved that level that he was operating on. That's that was something so impressive to me. And uh, we we got into talking to about gimmicks. Everybody loves a good gimmick. We got right, so like one of the things about being in the wrestling business is that you got to use the word brother and gimmick in every other sentence. <laughs> Everything yeah. is. And uh, a good gimmick uh, to uh, a good gimmick is uh, Wolverine's got the adamantium gimmick, the uh, uh, healing factor gimmick. Uh, Cyclops has the uh, eye optic eye blast gimmick. Stone Cold has the drinking beer gimmick, and uh, it's it's basically just something to get you over, something to make you special. And we wanted to talk about what gimmicks are, how to make a good gimmick in between comics and, and wrestling, uh, Mister Morales. Uh, Give us, uh, we, we talked about it on the Proof uh, interview a little bit, but what's one of your favorite gimmicks? Um, I didn't really get into too much. I would say King Booker. I love me some King Booker. Now, the fun part about King Booker was he was a, he was, he was from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. So not very known for its regality. Of course. Um, but, you know, Booker T had always been this hard-nosed wrestler's wrestler. Of course. You know, I think he orig- originally, when they were Harlem Heat, they were from Harlem, uh, New York, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they were just, you know, kind of street thugs that, you know, were tough and made it into wrestling. You know, and then Booker T became a world champion and was basically known as a wrestler's wrestler. He was one of those guys that, like, would go out there and the the true the guys that were really into wrestling would would focus on him because he was just an outstanding talent, 100%. hell of an athlete. You know, cut a good promo. Eventually became a five time champion, five time uh, world time. champion, five time. Um, but then he went to WWE, and he needed. They wanted to give him something else. They wanted to change his get change up what he was, and. Um, make it their own to a little bit. So he won a tournament that is known as the King of the Ring tournament, which debating on what year could be an eight-man tournament, a 16-man tournament. I think one time there was even up to 24 people, I believe. Damn. But nonetheless, he had won this tournament. I believe he actually beat Bobby Lashley in the finals. Um, and he was the King of the Ring. And as such, he would all of a sudden – he changed his gimmick and he was King Booker. Oh, that was such and that was cash was, money, man. Yeah. He'd come out with the crown. He'd come out with the cape. Um, his lovely wife, Charmel, uh, would come out and be like, all hail King Booker. And she would just repeat that in his entrance. And it was a way to get under the crowd's skin. Um, but then, you know, then Booker T all of a sudden would come up with this faux English accent <laughs> and talk about regalities and, ro- and being a royal and whatnot. He'd have underling servants and such. And then, event- but if you made him mad, which is always my favorite part of the gimmick, of course. He, would, he would revert back to, and he would just become this loud, abrasive he was a very ghetto person. Yeah. And all of a sudden he would talk about, you know, you know, being from the hood and molly whopping you and knocking your block off and what, you know, what have you, blah, blah, blah. But then he would, he would pause for a second and then go back to being this regal character. Like he, you know, he was what he was, but he was portraying this character as it were. 
But one of the biggest things that I was always told starting out as a young wrestler was your gimmick's your gimmick, but when you wrestle, you wrestle. Like your your gimmick was basically part of your entrance, and you could work in specific things that would you could utilize that would work towards the character. But at the end of the day, you still had to be a good wrestler. Agreed. And that can you know, there are guys that really excel at that, and there are guys that are, you know, one you know to a certain degree of fans, um, maybe a minority, maybe a majority, depending on the character. There are people that take the gimmick too far, which is also something something you want to avoid because that that can make you more of a niche level character as opposed to being something that can get over on the national stage. Way too far. There's some people that took it way too far. Uh, in in, in uh, the first thing that popped in my mind was uh, Kobe Kingston, but he was given a gimmick that was bad. He was supposed to be Jamaican. And and remember, uh, like two years afterwards, uh, Triple H was like, Where, "Didn't you used to be Jamaican?" And everyone popped for that because uh, all of a sudden he just wasn't Jamaican, and they they got rid of that. But then, of course, you got to think about the gimmicks that were given to people that were bad, and you get Stone Cold. That uh, I remember reading the list of uh, the gimmick names he was given when he was coming from uh, WCW to. Uh, WWF, uh, when it was the F at the time, uh, I remember Fang McFrost was one of the names that they wanted to... to Fang McFrost, Chili McFrost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baron Von Ruthless, I remember being yeah. one. Yeah. It was, that always reminded me of Baron Zemo. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he came out with the uh, Million Dollar Man, and uh, he, he... It wasn't a good gimmick, but he still worked it. And it didn't get over. Okay, it didn't get over. That's fine. And then... We we have this legendary story where he approaches uh, Vince in the parking lot outside of the venue and like, hey man, I gotta talk to you. Like you know, I I I want to be me. I want to turn myself up, tough self up to eleven. All right, we'll talk. You know, but he also there's a couple things that, that factor into that. He knew when to talk to the old man. Jericho, you know, white you Jim a hero. Will always say never talk to the old man if he's eating because he doesn't hear hear anything you're saying. He caught him at the right moment at the right time and approached him with the right humility and let me turn myself up to 11. I want to be stone cold. And you know, which his wife at the time, when they were making tea, she was making some tea and, and uh, it came out, you know, you're stone cold, Steve Austin. And then when you talk about Jericho, um, I want to be um, Y2J. Or no, was it? Uh, there was... God, it's like spacey on that sort of thing. It, the, basically, it's you, you make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And obviously, these guys are big badasses now, and they really got it over. But then you've got gimmicks like Gold Dust. And I, I mentioned earlier, I know uh, tons of hardcore homophobes that love Gold Dust. And he... You know that, and then the the fruity sixty nine pins he he would do, and uh, it it got over, man. And then uh, he he won the hardcore champion. Uh, you know, remember the when he uh, pinned the dude on the on the stretcher, and then yep. he immediately got knocked out by Hurricane. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite moments of wrestling of all time. And yeah. I mean, not just because I love Hurricane, it was just a lot of fun. It, the gimmick got over, but even then, 
it was a hard gimmick to get over, but he pushed it and he pushed it and he pushed it. And if it wasn't for him pushing it for something that people didn't think was going to work, we'd never have that awesome Roddy Ryder Piper. Yeah. Well, I think the thing about it is, too, though, is that it changed over time. Like, it was what it was when it debuted, you know, and then it was, you know, they did the whole thing where, you know, Jerry Lawler called him out and he said he wasn't, and then they turned him babyface, which, you know, is what it is for. It worked for the time we'll go with. You know, and then they, you know, they found out he was funny and, you know, they had the classic uh, tag team of him and Booker T together, you know, and the thing about, like, the thing about it is, is the guy, it's, it's twofold, really. A, I feel like The Office was, oh, like, it was a personal idea of Vince McMahon's. He wanted to go with it. So he, if he was, he was behind it from the get go. So he made happen. sure it, it at least had a chance to flourish. Of course. And the other is, you know, you had a, a guy, you know, Dustin Rhodes, who was able to take that and, and run with it and make it his own. Because he talks about it at first. He, like, um, he didn't understand the gimmick at first. Like, he had to go no, he research the idea on uh, on the Internet and find out, you know, what androgynous meant. <laughs> and, like, I mean, this was, this was a, you know, a raw bone Texas boy. Yeah, and he, you know, he's over here being handed this gimmick, and one of the biggest things that ha- it, that happens is if the booker or the you know the guy in charge get, has an idea for you, it's an idea the guy in charge believes in, so you should run with it. You Agreed. know, maybe you know. Agreed. You could always tweak it here and there. That's my point. That's my point. Run with it. Make it your own. Do your best with it, and whether or not you agree with it, you got to be. You gotta be one on one with the Booker and the in the writer in the production truck. This is what they want. Sell it. Yeah. And and he got it over. Like yeah. Holy and shit. the thing is now, the thing is now is you know he got he got to the point where he became a legend, and now he, you know he could basically do whatever he wants, be it in WWE or obviously now in AEW. Because the guy's got thirty plus years and all that experience, and he's traveled the world. You know, he's one of those guys you can't really you you can't mess with at this point. He's untouchable. You know, he is. And there there is there are so few guys that really are at that level when you think about it. Dude, we got to do a we got to do a when we do our NXT, we need mm-hmm. to, we need to preface the the begin the beginning gimmick before we go into NXT is is the untouchables. Yeah, and it'll be perfectly matched with these new guys like that are coming out, like Dexter and who's your boy right now? Um, Cameron Grimes. Love yeah. me some Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Yep. And it, it it's just one of those things like you you pick your dude, but they they work at, they work the angle, they work the the gimmick, and, and and it pops. And and but there's times where things that you would never think would work, like El Snow in the head. Um, yeah. Santino and the snake. Yeah. The cobra. You know, that was that was dumb, you know, but man, like I mean, like if you go back and like the history of Santino as a person, like he was a legit um he was legit really heavy into MMA. He was legit in the martial arts. He was a standout wrestler. The guy was in the OVW yep. as like this like killing machine. And then he came out 
and he was Santino Morella. Yeah, they they picked you know, him, they picked him out of the crowd. Were, 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 were they in Spain? They were in Italy. Yeah, they were the in whole, Italy. The whole the whole thing was they wanted the hometown boy to win the belt. Yeah, that was a and fun he won show. The, he won the icy belt, and it you know after that it flopped, and then for I don't I don't know how the goofy ass Santino Morella gimmick came about because he didn't start out that way. Mm-hmm. But like once he started, once they realized he was funny, you know, he was a made man. Yeah, that took him to a whole new level, and then they were able to turn it around at the right moments. And he was beloved when all was said and done. You know, he's freaking. He'll open the. I think he'll end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. I hear his. He, I hear his school is fucking awesome. Yeah, I could. I could definitely see it. I mean, the guy. The guy's another guy. Traveled the world, seen things. You know, came from a legit background. I think his either his daughter is in developmental now, or she was definitely being looked at at one point. Man, and, and I'm thinking about Goldust and with him and R Truth from a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, the Golden Truth, yeah, dude. That's the what's one of the man. I wish I'd bought that shirt. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the portrait, Step Brothers. The portrait, yeah. The yeah, I really wish I'd bought that shirt. And, and I remember buying the Ellsworth shirt over that. Oh, you made the wrong decision. I made the wrong decision. <laughs> oh, that one hurts. Yeah, the, I, I should have. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, but oh. but guys, we're talking about gimmicks. Like, th- think about your favorite gimmick, no matter how weird it is. Just get it over and keep working it, because you never know what's gonna work. You never know what's gonna happen. I mean, the 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 three sixteen thing happened at King of the Ring, and next thing they know, everyone the next at Raw had three sixteen signs. Yeah. One of the best selling shirts of all time, all yeah. time. Uh, I'm astounded just like thinking about it. Like he, Austin three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass." I I wore an Austin three sixteen shirt to a family reunion a couple of years ago, and I'm not making fun of my family, but I had some uh, older kin come up to me and ask me what part of the Bible that was. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> and my response was uh, the Homer Simpson uh, response uh, somewhere in the back. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, let's just avoid that question yeah, whatsoever yeah, if we can. Yeah, just, Please. just somewhere in the back. We're we're drinking, we're grilling, we're cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you just feel stupid. We're both in a, we're all in a good place right now. <laughs> let's just keep that good place going. And like again, work your gimmick no matter how weird it is. I mean like I remember with um BZB's Mountain Dew uh gimmick. I hated it at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it got over. Like the more I saw him in New Era, like I was like, man, I I really wish I'd like. Is there a Mountain Dew vending machine here? I'm gonna go buy a Mountain Dew right now, not just to buy Mountain Dew, but I'd love to have a Mountain Dew to hold up when he was rocking it, man. He really rocked it, and I, I loved it. I love when I hate something and then love it because they work it. Like when New Day came out, New when New Day came out, I fucking hated them. I remember primetime players were like, New Day can't read. I'm like, yeah, fuck these guys. <laughs> and then uh, my my buddy Josh, I think I mentioned to you uh, a couple weeks back, uh, he called me and he was like, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, oh shit, is he telling me he's gay? Not that I care if he's gay or not, but it was one of those. He's like, I love New Day. <laughs> Like oh thank God I do too. <laughs> One of us had to say it. <laughs> you guys had a had a bromant. We had a bromant. Like oh, I love them. I love them. So I, I still have my New Day uh, unicorn um, uh, band. Uh, you know the the 
the light up thing from uh, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and I uh, unicorn headband, yeah. And I've got my, I bought three of them, uh, one for the chick I was with, one for me that I folded, and one I kept cherry the Bootios box. <laughs> Aww. They're only five bucks. You just you didn't have you, you ate Bootios. I ate Bootios. Oh well, I didn't. Eat, well, well. Never mind that, but I didn't. I I didn't buy the box that had the cereal in it. <laughs> I just bought the damn box. <laughs> I love that you felt the need to like differentiate. Like this is this is what really happened. <laughs> hey hey, it, we, you, you're defending yourself here. We'd been drink. We'd been drinking a lot in Dallas. Like I, it was the first time I'd in and out, and like it was like in and out. Like yeah, how was that? I'm like I don't fucking remember. <laughs> we just left WrestleMania. Like no clue. I was just, nice. We had some food. But let's get some comics, man. Uh, let, let's uh, let's uh, sound off here. We got Feature State, Suicide Squad number two, Dark Detective number four, Batman Superman number two, Harley Quinn Feature State number five, Aquaman Feature State number two, New Mutants number sixteen, Wolverine number ten, Spawn number three fifteen, Stray Dogs number one, X Men number eighteen, Nail Biter Returns number ten. Don't worry, we're not gonna be up too late. Most of them have got just uh, a few little clips on them. But uh, what do you want to get into first, man? Like this, this is a heavy. Like, well, this week was awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a good week. Shoot, uh, let me start off with my pick of the week. Then I'm gonna start with some Dark Detective number four, oh, Future State. Hell yeah! Let me pull that up. Alrighty. So as of last issue, we found out that Bruce Wayne um, has discovered that the magistrate has drones everywhere that can that are listening in on everything and they now know that bruce wayne is alive alive and well baby yep now for those who don't know bruce has been living with a guy named noah and he's been going under the alias of jeff and they've been kind of hiding out and jeff's jeff believes in or not jeff uh, noah believes in all these conspiracies is an older dude and he's got a white uh, daughter named hannah who actually works in uh, works for the magistrate right so we start out and hannah's having a conversation in the middle of a meeting and her phone rings and it's her dad and she excuses herself to answer it and you know she's trying to like he's like dad i'm at work and he's in Noah's just like, he's up to something, Hannah. I'm not sure what, but something's going on. And they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, Jeff's on the roof. He's been up there for hours. And we go up there, and Jeff, who's Batman, is basically trying to make, make sure that there's not that much collateral damage when whatever's about to happen happens. The artwork <laughs> while this is happening is so dynamic, man. I mean, like, it, like the red sky at night, and you don't know if it's, like, some weird bubble oh, or if it's just the the pollution and then and then we get to the the fifth page and we see Bruce sitting at the like the overlit screen just he's mm-hmm. working as fast as he can to, to to save these guys my my first takeaway from this one is his it's one of the few comic books I've ever read that really concern themselves with collateral damage yeah no, that's huge you know you're looking at that and you look at you look at him you look at Bruce Wayne you know, rich billionaire playboy, at least he was. And this, this, his hair is disheveled. He's got freaking three days worth of growth on his face. Yep. He just looks tired. Like he just looks like he's, you know, I, I just want to be done with this. I want to move on. 
And Hannah comes in and she's trying to confront him and she's like, where's my dad? And she keeps going back. Where's my dad? And he, he just, he's safe. He's safe. And then he just looks at her with these sad eyes before he stabs her in the neck, knocking her out. And he's just like, I'm sorry. And it turns out he's taken him into another place. And basically he's like, this place is safe. There's nothing here that can find you guys. Cause they're, they're coming for us. Dude, they're, they're coming for all of us. It's, it's happening. And then we get to this beautiful, like two page, uh, I want to say two pages of the same screen of the, of the roof, like the, the anticipation. Like I, I remember like as an artist myself looking at this, I'm like, what am I looking for? Like it was a puzzle. And then mm -hmm. it just got just a tiny bit closer. And then the next page, boom, magistrate hover foil, just lighten this shit up. Yep. Just, and what's going to happen. And we're seeing magistrate abort like, holy shit. <laughs> yep. It blew up the entire building just to get at, you know, poor Bruce and everybody else that was in there. Like you said, it was just collateral damage. You know, Batman's ever trying to explain to him, you know, no, it was right. Cause Hannah wakes up and he's, he's just like, you know, you know, you guys were right. This is what's going on. But I need to know, you know, you work for the magistrate, you know, as a programmer. What can you tell me about the surveillance? We need, I need to know this now. How did you feel yeah. about, the, how did you feel about the big reveal when he was like, I'm Bruce Wayne? Yeah. I, I wasn't, I was down for it. I definitely, you know, it's interesting because like you think of Batman as a solitary character. Like he's always, you know, you always think of him. He's the, you know, he's the Dark Knight. You know, he's like the Lone Ranger. He's always by himself. He's never by himself. Agreed. He's always, he's always got a Robin, or he's always got an Alfred. He has an extended Bat family around him, and it's almost like he's trying to rebuild that, utilizing Hannah. And like, and Hannah just looks at him. She's like, you know, he's like, what, do you, what can you tell me about the surveillance? And she's like, a lot more than you know. And it turns out that she's been spying on them for months. Dude, that little bit of that little bit of tag she had that was nuts. That was so what a fucking like uh, uh, um, monkey wrench, like unanticipated. Like these guys, usually the collateral damage, the guys that are trying to save, are always like, Yo, "What can we do to help?" No, bitch, I got this shit right here. You don't know this. <laughs> yeah, turns out she's been doing it. She's been, you know, she's been ahead of the game for months. You know, which kind of makes you wonder why. But it's definitely interesting. I, I love the fact because her dad is that, like, right-wing right, right -wing conspiratist, like, you know, just, like, the TV spying on us, like, wait, you're right. <laughs> and, like, she she was listening. She she didn't think her dad was some kook. I love that. Like, yeah. And, and not only did she not think her dad was a kook, she was doing some extra, you know, curricular activities of her own, and then we get this Batman on the roof with no cape, uh, this like hodgepodge of a, of a suit and he's ready to whoop some ass and get into the, into the shit. And th I, am I mistaken? Or is this the first time that was the first real direct attack on the magistrate where, where shit is really getting deep. Like we're, we're, we're going at it now. It's not, we're not just telling origin stories. We're not just telling what's the peripherals. Now it's a direct attack. Is this the first one? I'm not going to... Uh, for for Bruce Wayne, yes. 
But for um, the first attack, no, because the resistance is doing stuff. Um, we've got Tim Drake in Robin Eternal, right, going right after the uh, the um, Lazarus Resin, right. So those are definitely attacks that happened. Like they're they're definitely hitting, but they're hitting they're hitting smaller places. They're hitting outlying areas as opposed to going directly for the magistrate themselves. Well, we got Bruce going into the, into the room. Whoever you are, go away. And we got her just pretending. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's and he's you know, and he's just like four minutes. You have four minutes to get out of here, or everything's going to explode. And you know, we're seeing this running clock. Oh, the while they're while as the uh, as Peacemaker One actually grabs uh, Batman, and they're they're fighting as you know, the clock is at three o two, two fifteen. 20 seconds. So, you know, one a minute, uh, one minute, 30, 35 seconds. Oh, dude. You know, and then he ends up knocking off the, uh, the mask at 20 seconds. And, and you, we see, we see, we see who the freaking, who the peacekeeper number one is. You figured it out, didn't you? I think well, I did. Well, let's I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, let's hear but it. I believe that is actually Jacob Kane, Kate Kane's father, who is obviously Batwoman. Which would make him either Bruce Wayne's uncle or an uncle through marriage. Because they're, they're cousins. But I believe it's actually Jacob Kane. Which, as we were talking off off, off camera earlier, um, at the beginning of the Rebirth Detective Comics, when, it was, when there was a team uh, with Batman, Batwoman, Spoiler, Tim Drake, Robin, and Clayface, and Orphan... Um, one of their first things, one of their first big battles was against a group of militants that were trained very similar to Batman that were actually all led by Jacob Kane. It's, so I think it, it really kind of wraps this up. It's interesting to think that it, that this story might have originated with characters that originated at the very beginning of Rebirth. I'm loving it because it's not the uh, it's not the stereotypical oh it was hush the whole time or or someone that some big baddie like a, yeah. no we, we you gotta you gotta know your shit but if you don't know your shit look it up and you got a chance to to really accelerate yourself on how Batman works and it's it's not something for dummies that that or or if they were they were making a movie out of it if they were making a movie out of it of course it was gonna be the Joker the whole time. Um, I don't even know. I think I think this could work. No, no, maybe not I, for like I a first Batman movie. I believe, but like this. a sequel. 100%. Is this would be especially in like the uh, the Chris Nolan era where it was very real. This would be glorious to look over. And then we hit that one count, and then boom, everything explodes. Just the whole building just lit up, man. Just just the the countdown. The the we got Maggie, we got Magistrate, we got Batman. No, I'm burning it all down and just boom. And I love that they're doing that with these books. Like, catch up or don't, but otherwise, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. We're having fun here. Every every single one of these books matters. And, and if you haven't listened to anything we, we've talked about before, if you're just uh, catching on the minefields, every one of these books, uh, in terms of future state, every single one matters. There, there's. It's not like uh, when like Siege came out like ten years ago or twelve years ago, actually, and um, 
there's all these little peripheral books, and if you didn't read them, you'd get a maybe a paragraph, half a paragraph of what happened that we just spent like fifteen twenty dollars on, and everything is recapped real quick, and it didn't matter if you read it or not. Uh, these ones, like you have to read them because every single one is meat and potatoes. Like you're you're not get this isn't an hors d'oeuvre. Every single book here is happening, and one of the things. Um, do you have anything left on this one, brother? Oh no, that was that was it, man. That was that was some Dark Knight Detective number four. The the, the last detective. thing last thing I want to wrap up on this was the action at the end. It, like action in comics can get really convoluted. Like I bring it up to uh, Miss Morales all the time. Like you can read a whole comic book and like ninety percent of it is a knockdown drag out, and two minutes later you're done. I mean, like the 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 action scenes at the end were just glorious. Not to mention the fact that the uh, actual facial expressions uh, when Bruce is revealing who he is, um, the the look of concern uh, when Maggie and her dad are like they're on the phone. If you if you go back to like page four, the look of concern uh, in Bruce just on the, on the jazz, just like gotta get it done. Just like you said. Old old clothes, five day stubble, working just just hodgepodge of everything he can to make it work, and I think it's one of the best things about Batman and about Batman comics is that when Batman can have all the money in the world, but he works so much better when he's working at like the with the best he's got, like in terms yeah. of like the little things, like this is all I have. I'm still gonna make it work. I'm still gonna win. And we get this knockdown drag out. Uh, you got anything for the um, Red Hood story in the end? I don't know. It it read really fast. I, I, yeah, it did. It, it read really fast. I loved how he uh, got tracked down You know, with, uh, with, with Deathstroke. Is the girl Deathstroke? Ravager. Ravager. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Freaking, it's, you know, you, it's interesting because, you know, Red Hood turned you know he's he's helping the magistrates he's a mask hunter and that's the whole thing is he's allowed to keep his mask because you know he's quote-unquote one of the good guys and then they end up turning on him and putting a bounty on his head oh it was a it was a clerical error it'll just take time to get out of the system and the whole time people are hunting him down you know his his girlfriend is hunting him down ravager freaking turns out they end up using he ends up getting a an old an actual red hood helmet because he loses his helmet and turns out it's got some mad hatter tech in it so he ends up being mind controlled by the white rabbit who's a character i'm not overly familiar with me either man but you know kind of interesting matter you know white rabbit you know mad hatter and you know she's gonna turn him in blah 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 and then there's ravager behind behind her you know because she's a precog so she's able to follow him and find out where he's going. I, I'm thinking this is the love story, and everything. And like they've got so many different like uh, frequencies going in terms of like good guys versus bad guys. But I think this is the I think this little bit is the the love story that they're doing, and I, I'm yeah. I'm actually digging it. Like it's not bad. They, they've kind of got to think. They you know freaking they they played it up in the Titans TV show. In season two was a big thing with them. Um, deceased played up. They actually got married and deceased. Yep. And, and then, then uh, Red Hood ended up getting killed. But, you know, it is what it is. They got married. And now here they are again. So it seems like 
they're almost one of the eternal couples. It kind of feels like. Man, I'm just so happy about the action in this. Everything read really well, and that's why I want to transition to Spawn number 315, man. Um, I've been reading Spawn just religiously because I was a kid reading it. It's my one of my favorite comics ever. And I popped hardcore on this one. Like at the end of uh, 314 was the return of medieval Spawn, which is uh, kind of a big deal that they're even using him in the first place. Cause are you familiar with the uh, lawsuit with Neil Gaiman? I am not. Uh... Apparently Todd wasn't as good as a businessman as we'd hoped or would hope he would be when it came to when issue number nine, uh, Spawn issue number nine actually to be precise, when Neil Gaiman wrote that because the first uh, 12, uh, maybe 18 issues every now, like around seven was when he would have these big hitters write the story. I believe uh, issue seven was when he had Alan Moore write the story and we get the Billy Kincaid in hell. Uh, we've got um, issue number nine written by Neil Gaiman, which is where we get Angela and we get Medieval Spawn. That was all out of Neil Gaiman. Okay. Apparently he didn't pay his dues enough and Neil Gaiman took him to court and he won. Uh, McFarlane's been in court a couple of times, not like Rob Liefeld type, uh, but he he wronged Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman won the, won the lawsuit, won the rights to Angela... Sold it to Marvel immediately as the biggest fuck you ever, and you now Angela is one of the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, and mm-hmm. uh, and and um, but we've got Medieval Spawn, so he didn't win Medieval Spawn completely. Uh, we've got his uh, hacker friend that's been helping him for the past like twenty issues, uh, control everything or not control everything, figure out what's going on with uh, the world now that he has sealed uh, sealed the Earth. In terms of any, any supernatural beings cannot get in and out. Like we're talking, like humans are up for scale, um, or for slaughter, and there's no in or out for heaven or hell. And Spawn has a, a big problem here because he went up against the Omega Spawn at the ending of uh, the last issue, and comes to his rescue is Medieval Spawn, and it is a glorious knockdown dragout. Uh, all. The, so many little things, little hints from the past issues have been creeping in and coalesced and just the story just told beautifully with not just quick action. Each one you can stop and pause. We've got everything happening and Medieval Spawn just coming in clutch. Just The reason I bring this issue up in the first place is for everyone listening, if you haven't read Spawn in a really long time, or have wanted to, or just didn't know where to pick up. This is where you get this. This one, this one. Not 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 the last one where we get the you know uh, gunslinger spawn on the motorcycle, uh, or uh, we got she spawn. No, this one is this one is where you pick up. The 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 real thing that popped me is when they vanquished the uh, Omega spawn. They didn't kill him, but Cogliostro, who is one of the OG Spawn characters uh, way back in the day from issue 2 who is pretty much the original Spawn is f- we finally see his Spawn like we've never we saw him in the movie where he had the chains and like no this we finally see the what what Cog's Spawn costume is and it's it's glorious it is it's beautiful awesome and we we see the new clock. I mean, like the 
the the spawn clock, the uh, power meter has re- has charged from like zero zero one nine or it was barely anything to six nine nine one, and he's he's slowly re- regaining his powers back to the, like full capacity, and just gotta say great art, great storytelling. It's been a long time since I could actually legitimately look someone in the face and say this was a good spawn issue. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this one, this one was awesome, man. And uh, in terms of action, if you can pick up your Aquaman number two. I heard it. So we've we've got a conundrum. We've got Aquila Aquilas. <laughs> She's Aqua Woman. <laughs> Just so they say the last. <laughs> and uh, so she's defeated. She's her leg is destroyed. And she's got to figure a way to save Aquaman. He's imprisoned, and she's in imprisoned on a on a, on a, a desert island that is fighting her. She has the voice of the uh, of the water constantly taunting her. You're not worthy. We don't want you here. And we get to the each page. If you scroll through it, let me pull it up here. We get the lessons that are told. So, this is a five-year time span, and we get to lesson, hunting. So, we're having a flashback here where she's learning how to hunt. She's learning the detriments of hunting. Second lesson, de-escalation, of how to de-escalate a situation, because you can't just always go in and gun blazing. Throw hands, how to actually fight hand-to-hand. Lesson, perseverance, no matter how tired she was, he says... She, she's hurting. She's, I, I can't hold Jackson. I can't hold it. I know you're tired. I know you've got nothing left, but I don't care. And bad guys don't care either. Next lesson, retreat. As she's remembering all these all these lessons, and she's gaining through five years on this on this desert island, she's gaining everything that she needs to, to learn to break him out of jail and you get to uh page uh, i want to say like 12 and we get to instead of lesson it just goes aquaman returns boom she's crashing in fists blazing and aquaman's like about damn time five years he's been fighting either to break out or or just to fuck with his his in his prisoners his in, in prisoners and as all these lessons coalesced, it, it, it this was just one issue. Like that, yeah. that, that's the one thing. And, and then we get to one of the last pages here, and they're swimming toward the surface, and we have this gorgeous. I mean, all of the sea creatures are following her because she's gained their respect. Uh, she, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's the sixth page to the to the last, and he's going up and. You see all the sea creatures going up to the light. It's such a beautiful use of light, dark colors. I, I stared at this for like five, six minutes, man. It was just every, every little bit of his tattoos, her costume, every random sea creature that, that's following them. And he tells her, hey, I'm out now. They can't follow. It's over. Let them go. And she lets out the signal. And, and let it go. And she finally gets to cry. She lets it out, and that's that's such a glorious little bit of, of what a warrior does, you know. Now, now you're in the shit. Now it's not the time to cry. Yeah. And and then he gives her okay now, and she loses it, and and he cries too, and then 
And then the end. Aquaman and Aquaman escape again. Yeah. Where is it going to happen? I mean, every little lesson. It's it's something like, Jesus, man, I, Like I'm thinking about this, and I, I don't work at the school like you do. I mean, I, I work at the school, but not not training, but like every yeah. little bit here was like, we, I, I want to put that as like a 10 commandments on the wall, man. Personally, <laughs> That's definitely something we could work on. I definitely could see the benefits of utilizing a similar style thought process behind it. I think I want to say this one of all of all the issues from future state seems to tell the best story overall. Uh. Like I, I've definitely, like my big thing is like I don't know like every everything in all these issues seems to have all these massive unanswered questions. Right. That like it seems like it seems like these are all going to be almost their pre sequels, as it were. Right. They're like introducing these new characters now, but like we're gonna like with Future State coming to an end, we're gonna start building towards these characters going back in the regular continuity. But uh, like this like the whole idea of like in Teen Titans who's Red Hood. Right. Or who's Red X. Uh freaking who is um why were Damien and Destro, or not Damien, freaking, why was Nightwing and Destro working together? You know, how all these different questions. Like, this, this, the Aquaman story seems to be the one story that is really told a story in and of itself. Whereas the other ones are almost baiting you to buy the freaking, buy the regular editions now that Future State's over. Right. To set it up, which good, has been, point. funnily enough, has been one of the biggest problems with the DCEU, is that they're oh, they're always so busy planning, like, we need to put this in for the next movie, and this in for the next movie, and this in for the next movie, There's no that, way. <laughs> that, they, that they just stopped wanting to put together a good, solid movie. Like, a bunch of these, a bunch of these comics have kind of come off like Batman v Superman. Whereas Aquaman, funnily enough, kind of came off like Aquaman, where it told a good, concise story. Yeah, yeah, this is this is like what it should have been. This is what this is like. This is your Aquaman. This is your Shazam. This is your Wonder Woman. A good, concise story that you could have a couple little things that lead into other stories. But the main the main meat and potatoes, as you like to say, is in these two issues. Good point on that, man. Excellent point on that, especially when it comes to the movies, man, because that, that's one of the worst things that's going on about comics right now is, like, which one's going to be a movie, and you've got yeah. all these cooks in the kitchen telling these writers and legit artists, um, make sure you put these hints in, because we might make a movie out of the, uh, man, this, it's going to be 10 years till they make it this out of a movie, and if they do make it a movie, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's it, it, it's not a bad idea. Like it's basic wrestling booking. You know, you always always have a hook, like I like to call it, to set up for the next the next show. Of course, of course. But your entire show cannot be hooks, because then there's no meat and potatoes for that story, for that show. Man, I, no, I I can miss this whole show because the big shit's gonna happen to the next show. I I appreciate that anal- analogy. I was uh, talking to that kid that was telling me about that did that five minute virtuoso solo. And we were talking about heavy music, and I was talking about Dimebag and uh, his brother. 
and Vinny, and they were talking about what heavy music is, and it's not all just like hook, 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 hook. That's not heavy. It's not mm-hmm. just because it's heavy and chugging doesn't mean it's heavy. Like slow, concise music, like Cemetery Gates, um, or One by Metallica. I mean, like the heavy part of Metallica's One wasn't the no, it was it was the build up and yeah, you you can't just and man, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. You can't just you can't just screw someone. You got to take them to dinner, <laughs> learn their name, <laughs> like like yeah, it's overrated sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> but something, but like I mean, they're courting us. If you like them, you should learn their name. They're courting us with Aquaman, man. Like, I, I was so blown away by this. I mean, every page. I, I, I want to write these down. Perseverance. Retreat. How, how, to, how, to, how to retreat without being a coward. That, that was the lesson. Mm-hmm. And, man, and then, and then we've got everything else going on in the future state, man. Like, hit me with some Suicide Squad. All right. We got some Suicide Squad. Here, guys. Future State Suicide Squad number two. So first off, we show, we show up with a uh, good old Connor Kent, you know, half Superman, half Lex Luthor, right. Superboy, and he's imprisoned. And he talks about how he's not a criminal. You can't keep me here caged forever. And Amanda Waller just looks at him. You're a clone. Your very existence is a crime. <laughs> and he's he's out now. He's you know he's flying around, but he's thinking about that because you know years later, Amanda Waller still owns him. And we turn around and we see that he's using his X-ray vision on Happy Harbor, and it looks like the Young Justice hideout. And we see Flash in here planting some bombs, and Hypnotic Woman's over here, you know, also planting bombs. And Aqua, uh, this version of Aqua Aquaman, who's an alien from another planet that doesn't speak English. You know, him and Superman can communicate, but, you know, very, you know, he's not able to talk to anybody else. He's standing guard, you know, and they're talking about how the whole plan is to basically separate this world from all other worlds so that aliens can't come in. That's basically Amanda Waller's entire plan for this world. Interesting. But we don't know why, per se. And it's funny because we have a, you know, a clone talking with an alien because he's the one exception to the, you know, Aquaman, this, this version of Aquaman is the one exception to the rule. And as he starts talking, all of a sudden he's electrocuted (laughs) and it's Amanda Waller just being like, you're not an exception. You're just a means to an end, which, you know, of course is classic Amanda Waller. And then we look over and we see, you know, who we think's a suicide squad and they're in a city and they're watching somebody. I'm not quite sure who, but we see peacemaker. We see cheetah. We see evil star and, and a parademon. And it turns out they're watching Amanda Waller and that their, their whole plan is they're trying to assassinate her. And it turns out that these, um, this version of suicide squad has basically has a time limit on them because they're not from this world either. What an, and, what an excellent gimmick! Yeah, and they're they're gimmick. they're slowly dying, while being on this on this version of Earth for some reason. 
So they've got you know, these guys are watching while Mirror Master and Lorzod are getting ready to sneak into the building. And then they seem to think that, you know, Amanda Waller's there. And they're just basically like, you know, I'm never alone. And it turns around that the uh, the Clayface version of Martian Manhunter was Amanda Waller. Oh, that's heavy. That is heavy. Yep. And then Flash zooms in. And they're basically, you know, you really thought Lawler didn't know you guys were coming? <laughs> hilarious <laughs> yep and then they just it, battle ensues as you know as they do and then they're trying to you're still trying to find the law waller and mirror master is messing with the flash just sending it mirror after mirror that way she just keeps running forever and lorzod looks like what it takes to freaking take seems to take out aquaman's soul and just kills him just annihilate? Yeah. What's it? What's it look like? Does he look all desiccated, or is it just like just pulls it out and he just falls? He just, he just rips his soul. It just looks like he rips his soul out, and he just he just drops, and then freaking Evil Star just starts dying. He's just talking about how he can't breathe, and you know Waller's just kind of you know Waller via. An image inducer is basically saying, "Look, look, look! What's happening? Your friend's dying, and that's a very painful death. And this is what's going to happen to all of you if you stay here." And Peacemaker's just like he knew the risk, you know. He's not done serving the team yet, and he just he pulls the bomb on him, and Evil Star just explodes. Awesome. You know, Peacemaker's just like all I wanted is peace, but I need you to go home with us. How was the art in this, man? Was it like on the level of the writing? It's pretty solid. You know, art's really good. You know, um, let's see. They got like I really like the way they drew the clay faced Manhunter because he constantly looks like he's melting, and he just, he just looks like a monster, almost like kind of like a, a less thick abomination, but it comes off really kind of messed up. You know, and here in Peacemaker still over here talking to Waller, and you know Cheetah's trying to fend off against Manhunter, but it's just not working. And then next thing you know, just because she can, she just hit she hits a button of her own and ex- and explodes every single cell of Clayface. So every cell of Clayface's every bit of sand has a bomb in it. That hurts, man, because that's the only way to get rid of him. Yep. Not not one if if one stray cell was left over, he's he's gonna come back. But every single one, that's pretty poignant. Yep, it's pretty. It just blows up that entire the entire same thing. Another building just blowing up. And then you know, Connor over here, Connor Kent just looks at Waller and is like, "What have you done? What did you do?" And she just is like, "What I always needed, I did, what I always do, what needed to be done." And then we find, and Lorazod gets a good shot in on Superman, and we turn around, and Hypnotic Woman portraying Wonder Woman is going after Mirror Master. 
Just and Laura's not, hmm? just hitting him with like because there's a lot of cheap shots in in uh, in, in this storyline to Superman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that there needs to be man. You you gotta make him vulnerable. Yeah. No, you definitely do. And like you know, the thing about Connor Kent is since he's not fully Kryptonian, you know, he does have you know definitely has some weaknesses. Because Lorzod's just pummeling him, and then all of a sudden he just stops and he kills over, and it turns out that the Flash um, shot him with a, uh, what she thought was just going to neutralize him, but it's basically a gun that shoots aerosol kryptonite. So basically, he's breathing in kryptonite, and he just drops. His eyes are bleeding. He's got uh, green veins coming out of his neck. And she didn't realize it was going to be like that. that. that And, of course, it's Waller being Waller. Well, man, like that... So as they race off... Hmm? No, no, you keep going. Sorry. As they race off. Oh, I agree. Yep, so they end up racing off to find Hypnotic Woman. And turns out she's actually possessed Mirror Master. And... He gets close enough to him, and then he ends up exploding, courtesy of Peacemaker. And then we find out the Parademon and Peacemaker have actually found the real Waller. Oh, hell yeah. So, and then right when they find him, or find him, when they find Waller, Parademon is keeling over. It was just his time to go. And Peacemaker and Waller just have a conversation, you know, talking about how you know, she's going off on the bomb that in every cell of Clayface, brutal even for Waller. And she's just like, it's time for, and he, Peacemaker's got a gun pointed at her, and she's like, it's time to come home. And she's like, you know, the home's gone. You know, every, you know, the home's broken. It, it was refusing to be helped. An entire Earth that was ready, willing, and able to be, you know, you can either go there, basically, or you can stay here, a place that you will find your peace, finally. And she looks at Peacemaker, she's like, I am home, Peacemaker, and I'm never alone. And we turn around, and there's Connor Kent. Huh. And Connor Kent's trying to trying to talk to Peacemaker, and, you know, hey, you know, stand down while you still can. Is he coming, you know, off, you're, you're, is he coming off smug as a, as a, as a super-powered, like, Kryptonian, or is he, like, literally trying to do the right thing? He looks, he's trying to do the right thing. He doesn't want it. He doesn't like Waller. He doesn't. He doesn't like where he's at. You know, Waller's still made him. You know, she imprisoned a Superman, basically. You know, he and he he's trying to talk him down. You know, he knows you're not. He knows that freaking peace and peacekeeper uh, peacekeeper doesn't have much. You know, much longer left. You know. He's and, he, and he's talking as he's you know he's coughing with what he's saying. He's like, last time I you and I spoke, I promised you something. Do you remember? <laughs> and then Superman's just like, I, I remember what I said in return. I said I hoped that you know when the time came, I wouldn't kill you, wouldn't kill a friend. And then Waller's just like, you know, kill him enough. I'm done. You know, it turns out they you know they were working together before he got captured by Waller. You know, and he's basically, you know, he's, he, and he just looks at Waller and he's like, I'm done. No more neck bombs, no more death, no more Task Force X. And she's like, that's my boy. <laughs> and like, you take a second and they're like, what? This is your plan all along? You didn't want me to kill Peacemaker? Like a test? 
Yeah, the whole thing was a test. Everybody dying was a test to basically prove that Connor Kent could handle being Superman on this world. Well, that's absolutely important. I mean, because obviously, because the main Superman is not necessarily completely out of commission, but we got his, you know, protege. There's got to be someone yeah. that can handle it. I mean, one of the things about Superman is that he's entirely Kryptonian raised on Earth, not half human. Yeah. But yeah, so Peacemaker ends up killing over and dying. Then Waller ends up finally succumbing to it as well, because like I said, she's from the same world they are. And the whole time she's like, you know, this you know, this imperfect world needed someone perfect to watch over it. And she, she confesses to him at the end, you know, you're not a criminal, you're not a Kent or a Luther, but this is what I promised you. You know, now, you know, you could be what you always wanted to be. You could be Superman, and this is your Earth to watch over. And you see that, you know, they'd actually completed the mission and that the grid was all over this earth. So now nobody could get in. And Superman is basically left in charge of defending this world. Intergalactic uh, ice. <laughs> yep. Uh, dude, I love that, man. That, 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 that just played out so well. Everything in Future State is just like, I'm stunned at how well that went, man. Because when you started out, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm following but when, like, the whole thing is a test, all right, that, that's that's the way it should be. You you, you got to prove yourself. You got to prove you know prove your metal. And hell yeah for Connor. Well, the, the thing about it is though is like, it's still Waller giving the test. <laughs> yeah. And it, it you know Waller it you know with Waller you always you never know is she really doing it for the right reasons? Is she really trying to protect the world? Or is she out for her own self interest? You know, you never really. There are times when it definitely seems one way, and it's times where it definitely seems another. So, I mean, how many people are left? You know, are there regular humans on this world? Is Superman the only person left on this world? Does he even know that? Is he smart enough to know it, or or even, yeah. or even smart? Enough well, he's to been questioning. he's been held captive the whole time. So, I mean, we're definitely. Because this, this is apparently going to lead into Suicide Squad number one. So we'll definitely see where they're going with it. But it's going to be, you know, is this you know is this the end point? Or is this the beginning of something? Is Suicide Squad number one as in post... Uh, Post-Future post State. Post-Future State. Is that, the first, yeah. is that the first inkling we've got from this? Because everything else has just been the end. Yeah, no, this one's definitely leading into Suicide Squad and then... Dark Detective was leading into the next Detective Comics. Right, right. Because we we got to wrap that up. And the the one thing I want to get right into is Batman and Superman number two. Man, this is one of the heaviest ones this week. Oh yeah. First thing that like really captivated me was the inner dialogue of of Batman and Superman. Both like you get to hear their both inner inner dialogue, and then we get hit with. I mean, immediately, it, it, it just, they're carting Superman off, Batman's trying to help, and then, oh, fuck you. And we get this minotaur asshole with octopus legs, and Batman's got to fight this guy. Okay. Wrestling 101. The little guy actually has a chance against big guy, because we got to talk about strategy here. And yep. strategy was completely utilized. I love the fact that we get that old school ambulance cruising off and Batman's taking off out of the window and he's encountering the homeless people and the homeless people are like, Hey, we're here to help you. We want to help. And he's like, yeah, 
Um, I appreciate that. Uh, and he says, the likelihood that these people are working for the magistrate is low, but it's not zero. Yep. Bat cycle. And then, boom. Dude, that bike was so fucking rad. <laughs> like, I just like the fact that these civilians are basically like Batman, more like back prick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then we get, I mean, like, of all the pops... I really popped for Professor Pig on this one. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I did not see that coming at all. I totally figured Mr. Frog would be, like, maybe not the big bad, but definitely not the, like uh, the one. I, I, I didn't see. I didn't see. I did not see Professor Pig showing up. And he's he's ready to. I mean, he's talking about how he had to get specialized tools to work on Superman while this red, you know, red sun lamp is keeping him weak, yep. enough to operate on. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's got that little pile of kryptonite just with his little drill. Mm-hmm. Dude, the 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 costume on Professor Pig is gorgeous on this. I love that it's like the gas mask and 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 he's professing that what he does is art. Yeah. And in the it, it just gets gross. Like he oinks at him. And we we've got the the frog dude just like he wants to help him. He wants to help Superman, but like he just casually bumps that kryptonite thing and. And the strategy involved, like, okay, I can, I can burst out of this right now, but let me, let's do a little bit more digging. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a little more digging. And we got Batman, just like when he fucks up that soldier, man, just all the, all the, uh, the battle rings in the neck, <laughs> mm-hmm. right in the chest. And, and then in the big reveal that they're using Superman's DNA to make the, uh, uh, the mice and the pigeons with the eyes in them and the bats. Yeah. Like it, oh. Like when he realizes... It's realizes, a little bit of body horror, I'm not going to lie. Oh, that was kind of horrific. The reason, only reason you know that is if you had x-ray vision that uh, mm-hmm. got led in here. And the, the mice with the uh, with the uh, Superman genetically engineered eyes. And then we go to the bat. <laughs> like, the, the, the rescue... Uh, just like, just... Like Professor Pig with the pig hands. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was insane. Did uh, not. Another thing, like I said, did not see coming. Spider the the spider spider eyed Superman and Superman just like we we keep hearing the inner dialogue. Bats, soups. <laughs> like mm. we, we finally get them on the same page and. They're not on the same page, but they're on the they're all they're both in the same course though. Yeah. And that's why it worked. Uh, using the kryptonite, stabbing the the multi eyed, spider eyed Superman, just. Mm-hmm. And making it a point to be like, I got to get far enough away that way this doesn't affect him. Yep. You know that that's one of the best things about books like these are the the interactions with the two guys. You know, like, I remember there was one episode leading up to the issue of the wedding with Catwoman and Batman where they freaking they go on a double date. It's like them two and Superman and Lois Lane. I remember that one. They and the whole thing the whole thing was talking about how like the, the inner the inner monologue talking about how they're each one like Superman is like, you know, everything humanity can aspire to be and that's what Batman thinks of him. But at the same time Superman is like, you know, Batman's so amazing. Like, look what he can do. He doesn't have powers, and here he is. Like, that was a really just, good issue. Yeah, both their just their admiration for each other 
for completely different reasons is just it's such an interesting way to look at it. Way to pull that out, man. That I forgot about that issue, man. Like that was that's one of my favorite Batman issues ever, actually. Like it Yeah. It, it's it's hard to pull a date issue off and especially a wedding issue off. Wedding issues are always garbage. Mm-hmm. Um but like and I I hearken back to um uh Night Owl with Silk Spectre Two in, in Watchmen, whether you're reading the comics. Yeah. Or the uh, or watching the movie that that date was so poignant it, it 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 completely encapsulated their world that you get a view of what of what how they feel and and how they they view the world like what whatever happened to that guy that used to chase people to you know to beat his ass oh yeah he pulled that shit on uh, Rorschach and he threw it on an elevator shaft. <laughs> and then and we get the same thing in that same issue you're talking about and then here. We've got, and, and, and harking back about booking, uh, this isn't alpha male with sidekick. This, these are two heavy hitters that all, both of their decisions matter. And, yeah. and it's hard for them to ever come to any sort of consensus where what they're doing is like they're, they're on the right course. Like, here's the plan. Like, this plan was like made up on the fly without them talking while their inner monologues are going on. And that was one of the best things about it with the horror of Professor Pig. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find, of course, Professor Pig's the one freaking genetically altering all these animals. Correct. And then we find out that the, the drug that's changing everyone's head is actually manufactured by the fucking magistrate. Mm hmm. And, uh, and, and, the fact that I didn't see that coming just just elevated my love of future state. Yeah, and it made it made so much sense too. Like, oh, you know, these people have you know, you can't have masks, so let's just alter our DNA and alter our faces. Mm-hmm. That way, they can't find us. And I was like, okay, that that's an interesting idea. And then, bam! All of a sudden, magistrates making money off of them, twenty bucks a pop. Yep. But I think one of the best parts about this though is like at the at the end where Batman's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go handle this and. Superman's like, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll help you, and he's like, No, you can't, you can't do it <laughs> nope. because freaking you. And like, if that, well, he's yeah, he's over here talking like, dude, if they if they get a hold of you again, they're gonna be unstoppable. But you see the inner monologue, and he's like, If they get you again, they'll kill you. They'll kill you. They'll and this is like, you. this is this is like, you know, they are like, they're they're best friends, you know. Batman, like, for all you know, he, like I said, he always surrounds himself with people. At the end of the day, like Superman, freaking Superman's his best friend. Like he's, you can almost imagine them hanging out, going bowling or something. Of course, man. I love every time they encounter each other, no matter what the caper is or how pissed off they are when they first see each other. So it's Bruce Clark. Like, like it's a thing. Like they 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 say the names. Like we're we're bros. Oh. What do we got to do now? And this is gonna this is gonna hurt. <laughs> this yeah. Is, this is gonna hurt. And the thing about it is too, it's like Batman's got that he's got that tough love for, towards Superman because he's you know, I can't let you he's like, I can't let you do this. And then freaking Batman just pulls out one of the eyes. He, oh. he had one of the Superman's eyes and he shoots he shoots it at Superman. Oh, and he's yeah. like, This is this is what they are doing with your genetic makeup. Like this is why, you know, I can't have you around. Get out of my team. You know? Yeah. And Superman, Superman just begrudgingly leaves because you know I trust. And at the end of the at the end of it, Superman, you know, still being Superman, still having hope, is like I trust you, and that's why I'm leaving. Yeah, and we get that that scene where we've got Animal Man 
controlling everybody. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, you gotta have some balls to pull Animal Man because that's Grant Morrison's territory there. You yeah, can, that that like you can't just bring Animal Man like, and the the, the way they brought it in, I, I let I let Buddy ramble. Never know when a buddy fact might prove useful. After everything we went through, after uh, all the inner dialogue, if they had been talking out loud, imagine what they would have learned from each other, but they were, it was just fighting and then just going instinctual, like when y'all call it in the ring. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, yeah, you know, Bruce, be reasonable, you know, get the fuck out of my town. And then, uh, the frog dude comes home to his, to his daughter, who's been worried, it was the whole point of this in the first place. And, that word uh, sick. Yep, and then we get the uh, soups shows up with the uh, letter. If you need me, if you need help, call me with this little Superman watch little button there to to call him. And then we get Professor Pig in jail. <laughs> yep. Like what? Oh, oh my hands hurt. Oh my hands hurt. <laughs> Onto this poor guard, and then Freeney shows a little pig hand, and he kills him, and he just. Walks off. Just it confuses me. I would say if we're all against masks, why did they let him keep his mask in jail? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a psychosis thing. I don't know. It's some magistrate shit, man. Maybe they can still watch him, still watch him from jail. Because that's the whole thing—is that the freaking uh, and because uh, the magistrates would let certain if if you were on their side, they'd let you keep your mask, which is why Ravager had hers and why Red Hood had his. And now Professor Pig, who's also working for the magistrate. Yep. 100%. And that's that's the whole thing they were talking about earlier in Dead uh, Detective was that freaking, you know, basically once they get all these cameras online and they can watch everything, anything that you do that makes them mad, you're gone. Just like that. Just like that. And if, if there's collateral damage, you just blame it on the mask because that's what we've been doing the whole time. Man, I, I know, we have a bunch of, the is- of these single issues, but I, they... I really would kill for like three omnibuses if if it was the entire thing. Just mm-hmm. I, I would pay good money for the, this entire thing in a hardback omnibus style. Like it, oh yeah, even if we've got the individuals, I want that on my coffee table. Like no, that like you show up to uh, the uh, minefields den. Tony and I are the minefields talking, cave, if you will. Yeah, Collins pouring drinks for everyone. Y'all and you mimosas. We're 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 soaking up some stogies and like uh, is that the entirety of uh, uh, future seat? Oh yeah, go ahead and thumb through uh, it. Go ahead and, if you want to read it. Well, go ahead and go to our uh, reading corner there. We'll pour you a drink. Just enjoy our it. reading nook. <laughs> our reading nook. This is the we need a nook. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is another one. Like I was saying about Aquaman, this is Batman and Superman. Another complete story. You got a beginning. You got a middle. You got an end. No, yeah, this is another solid freaking. This is another Shazam style issue. Oh, good, good analogy so. on that one because the last couple issues of Shazam, uh, even before Future State, but it's still single issues. This isn't something that's getting dragged out. I mean, five years ago, even last year ago, they could have dragged any one of these stories out for an entire of like twelve issues. Yeah, six to twelve issues, easy. And it was poignant. It was to the point. The artwork was phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was gripped on every single panel. And hell yeah. Just keep it up, man. Like the, uh, real quick before we get into anything else, I wanted to run through my, my uh, runner-ups uh, for the week. Uh, X-Men number 18. 
All right, so right now the, the main story here is that, you know, we're voting for who the main roster is. Like, literally, we're voting for it, like, if Tim Drake, you know, not, was it Tim Drake who lives No, it was Jason Todd that Jason, died. Jason Todd. But whether or not Jason Todd lives or dies, so we've got the literal, like, input for who's going to be the main uh, roster, but they're filling in the, the spaces in between with X-Men number 18, and we've got... Bring back Maggot. I want Maggot. Oh, I'd love some Mega Man. I I, I love or Mero. Mero is another one. I, I love all those little guys like Blob. Not, not Blob. Um, why am I spacing his name? The the see through guy <laughs> with the is eyeballs. It... And he went on a really good Herman. Movie. No, what the hell is his it's name? It's like Globular Herman or something it's... like that. Well, we've got X twenty three. X yeah, we've got New Wolverine and uh, Darwin and one of the Metamorpho guys, and they're into. They're they're infiltrating the vault. The vault is a master mold, which is in the Savage Land. It's destroyed, but inside of it, think of it like you know how like in Sweden or Scandinavia they have a uh, a vault of all the seeds on the planet. I did not know that. No. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a fun buddy fact. Yeah, a fun buddy. Thank you very much. <laughs> you were listening. <laughs> um, of course you were, uh, but no, literally, there's there's a vault, you know, Scandinavia, Finland, like, uh, the, it's it's a vault with all the seeds of every known species of plant, that, and they're constantly updating it, but um, we're talking about a master mold, you know, of course, master molds make sentinels, but this is a yeah. de- almost destroyed, defunct uh, master mold in the Savage Land, but inside of it is like a, like a, a TARDIS, like, you know, bigger on the inside. And mm-hmm. and all the they're they're capturing all the information of species and everything like that. And the X Men are sending a couple of uh, assassins in there to uh, get as much information as they can. And we've got a lot of notes from Beast, and they go in and they 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 fuck the place up. And the the thing is though, is this is one of those issues that in a year this is this is going to be like you should have read this. The, this is why it happened, or when did this happen? Oh, this is the genesis of, of the story. Uh, Wolverine number 10, where we're talking about an auction in Madripoor where Wolverine infiltrates as Patch, where they're auctioning uh, superhero relics, like a gun that Punisher had. or But they actually have a broken a hand of Wolverine that he does not know how they have that, because of all the, oh. of all the regenerations... Uh, he's never lost a hand. And I'm thinking it's the hand that uh, Weapon X lost in Age of Apocalypse. That's the only thing I can think of a missing hand of Wolverines. Just period. Even even he didn't know. Yeah. Even he didn't know how they had it. And, well, the, the, the big chopping block, the, the main thing on for sale is literal Maverick. They've got you Maverick. You can buy Maverick? You can buy Maverick. And he's completely desensitized. They have him under some weird spell. And uh, last issue, he was, you know, just reminiscing on old, uh, you know, Weapon X uh, capers about how him and that Maverick, something they, they would say to each other over and over to, no matter how fucked up the other one was, that or, or mind-wiped, that they would remember this specific phrase and, and bring them back, like, okay, 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 like, I, I know where I am, or I, um, I know that I'm fucked up right now, and that you're, you're here to help me, 
and he gets him out of the gets him out of the uh, the auction, and it's it's oh dude, I've never seen Maverick get pulled over, put over so much. Just like you said, last time Maverick got put over so much was in the in the cartoon. A lot of fun. Check it out. It's it's one of those. It's it's a Wolverine. It's it it harkens back to when when Wolverine was uh, back in the mid nineties, early nineties, when his individual comics were his own baddies, his own stories, and it was his own universe. And it's it, it harkens back to that. It made me really happy. And uh, all you guys that missed those days or still have those trading cards. Remember those like shitty trading cards that were black and white in the back and you can get the Punisher ones or the Wolverine ones. It harkens back to those days. Oh wow, okay. I'm only gonna bring up New Mutants number sixteen because the artwork was just gorgeous. Uh they're fucking around uh in <laughs> the other world. And but they're also at the same time getting a little too close to the Shadow King. Like, oh come on kids, you know, I'll help you out and it's a horrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> terrible. We're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, you know, Uncle Touchy here is uh, trying to lure you into his basement, and you're you're saying yes. And uh, but but my point in this one, the artwork is gloriously painted uh, digitally. And but give me some uh, Harley Quinn number five. Alrighty, I got some uh, Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn number five. <laughs> Hell yeah. The Cinco, if you will. Let's do this shit. All right. So as we left off last issue, uh, Harley is uh, being strangled by a um, camera, an old school camera. And Hector has a gun pointed towards her. And the starlet, who used to be Hector's nanny, wants him to pull the trigger. And he does, but it actually shoots it just right to free Harley. And he turns the gun on the starlet. And she's like, you know, I'm the only one that ever really loved you. And I, I basically raised you. Like, your your mom was horrible. Your mom is, your mom's still a horrible person. You know, she, I, nobody can stand how fake she is. And he's over here, just, you know, got the gun pointed at her, but he can't, he can't bring himself to pull the trigger. So she ends up actually – she's just done, so she just leaves while he tends to Harley. And we go back to when she was – back when she was just Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Okay. When the Joker was first um, put in the hospital after being beaten up by Batman. And, you know, he, he's just like – Batman and Harley are just sitting there while the officers are trying to calm him down. And he, he's like, you know, Batman's just like, he's resisting the guards. You know, and Harley's just, you know, hey, you know, T- Jack was right about you. You're only going to help certain people. You know, they're in Batman's just like, they're just doing their jobs. And then she's like, well, maybe I need to do my job. So she just storms in there and is basically like, you know, this is my patient. I'm a psychiatrist. Uh, you guys need to leave him alone. And the whole time, Harley's trying to get Joker to bring back Jack. And Joker's just like, Jack's not here. You know, and if you're not Jack, who are you? And she's like, I'm the Joker. And they're, they're trying to play a card game. You know, he's just like, pick a card. And he, she just wants to get to Jack. And no matter what, he's not, he's not going to do it. But he tells her, you know, you know Jack loves Harleen. Like, he loves who you are, who you are to him. 
But she's like, he's like, the difference between us is that I love all of you. I love the good, the you know, the good and the bad. And, you know, another doctor comes in who recognizes Harley. And it's like, she's like, oh, I'm just leaving. But he's like, is this your card? And freaking, she turns over the card and it just says, don't give up on me. Oh, from wow. Jay. And Harley's just on the street, just like looking at this card. And she looks up. And she and she's right next to a costume shop, but she sees her iconic uh, from the cartoon series Harley Quinn outfit. The Harley Quinn. You know, and then she she wakes up in bed. Um, she's back in normal time, and Ivy's here. You know, and they're they're kind of talking over the whole Starlet thing and how everything's working out with that. You know, and she, you know. Ivy just calls her out and is like, I don't, you know, I, unlike some people, I don't give up on my friends. And she's trying to say, Jack and I didn't turn my back on you. And then she turns out and around and is like, you teamed up with Batman. And the dogs start barking at her and she's like, calm down. And she's like, you got to under, you know, Harleen's basically like, you have to understand I'm a mother now. I've got, you know, I've got, I've got other things I need to do. I can't just, I can't just do what we used to do together. You know, she's like, well, you can still be, you know, you can still be Harley and be a mom. And she's like, there's, there's, you know, the only other time I was just me, I became Joker's Harley. So they're, you know, they're just kind of continuing their conversation going into stuff. And then freaking next thing you know, we see Harley giving her, you know, Harley's alone, giving the kids a bath. And we see the starlet slowly getting back in her gear she's in the shower then she's putting on her makeup putting on her you know her boots and her dress and then actually you know she's you know she's outside of harley's apartment outside of harley's apartment and you know harley's trying to make tea just got the kids to bed and then there's an explosion another building another building third building this third building this week blowing up gotham is not a safe place to get real estate nope so we hear about this in the news as bruce wayne's working out in jail and he's just like he goes to the nearest uh cop and is just like i need to talk to jason and he's then he's like no we can't do that it's against protocol and he's like you know how many times have i saved your asses over the years I need to talk to Jason Todd now. And it turns around, it turns around, Jason's in charge of the prison. <laughs> All right. I'm following you this. Know, yeah. And then they end up having a conversation, and Batman's basically like, you know, I can't leave. You know, obviously I can't leave. You know, I need the red hood. And... He, Jason's like, no, I'm, I'm not doing, no, this isn't happening. You know, if you, if you keep this up, I'm about to throw you in solitary. And they're kind of walking and talking at the same time. And Bruce Wayne or Bruce ends up uh, locking him in a room. And Bruce turns around and Jason happens to have his red hood gear there. Hell yeah. Let's so do this. he ends up freaking <laughs> taking his taking his gear, taking his bike, and leaving to go save Harley. So Harley's got one of her kids and um, her two hyenas, but she can't freaking she can't find her daughter. And you know she gets everybody else out, 
and they're trying, the fire department shows up and they're like, you know, I need my, my daughter's in there. I need my daughter. And the fire department's like, it's too bad. We can't, we can't get in there. It's too, we need to wait for the fire to subside a little bit. And one of the hyenas, uh, Lou had gone back into the building and jumped out of a burn out of the window with, uh, Jackie, the, the, her daughter, you know, and then, you know, everyone's happy reunited. They're like, Oh, she's breathing. She's going to be okay. And, you know, as, you know, as Batman pulls up, or as Batman dresses red hood pulls up, you know, he ends up talking with uh, Bullock and Bullock's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to turn you in, Bullock. you know, yeah, because Bull- yeah, Bullock's there, and he's like, you know, you got you better get back to you know the prison before you know back to Stonegate before anyone realizes you're gone. And you know, Bruce is like, you're not going to report this. And Bullock looks at him, he's like, you know me, I'm really good at bending the rules. Of course he is. Well, he's like taking a shot out of a bottle. <laughs> yeah, he's just got a, he's got his toothpick in his mouth on this one. <laughs> so Harley's just really happy that her you know her daughter's all right. Turns around and Lou collapses, and that's where the issue ends. Did it? Did it do a the end or a to be continued? In it, it's yeah, it's it's waiting on the next issue. I think this is going to be in at least a either a six parter or an eight parter. I can. Only but they're help. definitely yeah, they're definitely getting. You know, they're definitely making it more personal now with hardly possibly losing one of her hyenas. The hyenas thing always kind of like made me really on edge, man. Like of all the pets. Yeah, I like the concept. I mean, it works for them, and like, it's interesting to see that you know, even though you know Harleen's matured and she's got you know two kids with her and she's a single mom, she still you know has her hyenas around, and the hyenas are apparently really good with the kids. I could saved saved her daughter's life. It works, man. Like, God, I'm just still just completely dumbfounded about how everything in Future State is good. Yeah. Well, this one's this one's Black Label. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. This is this is this is based on the White Knight universe. Is this and did they? Because you're talking about like the old school stuff, or like when he was Joker was her uh, patient. Did they in any way reference the Harleen series? Like, um, I never read Harleen, so I don't know for sure, but I don't believe so. Harleen was juicy. Harleen was. Absolutely juicy. The, the bad guy in that one was Two Face. Oh, the, the, like it, it was a, a different take on Two Face, and I, I know there's been a million different takes on Two Face, but like every single, I, I can't think of a Two Face story I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And oh, the Black Label, you know, R.I.P. Vertigo, but you know, things are what they are now, and yeah. Man, I, I appreciate you sharing that because that that that's a God, that's another heavy hitter, man. Just yeah, how are they on the level like this, man? Especially during like, because remember, like, there's the big rumor that the comics are going to end in July. You know, the distribution's gonna, they're only gonna do like five, six issues uh, a month, and I, I, I ho- I'm hoping that that's all bullshit because yeah, I'll, I'm gonna be devastated after all this with, with Future State and yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I don't like you need to keep your diehards happy, you know, and I don't think. You know, if we're only getting the movies, I think the movies will suffer because of it. Because people will freaking, people are sick and tired of freaking letting people tell them what to do. Agreed. And I think they'll freaking people will boycott movies just to freaking to get a point across. 
Mm. I think we've kind of seen that with the, you know, the million plus people that have signed the petition to get uh, Amber Heard off of Aquaman. She's fired. That happened this morning. Yeah, I heard. She's done. And uh, for the yeah, other... they're, they're saying they're saying she freaking broke her contract with like her. Uh, she was supposed to stay in a certain kind of shape for the role. <laughs> yeah, they, they found... and I'm I'm like that's yeah. They found the you say that, thing. but they found the littlest thing you get rid of her. Yeah, I mean, I I think the fact of the matter is, dude, they they were facing so much backlash over this. They they had to get rid of her. Hey, don't beat up Johnny Depp and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I. You know, I don't. I wasn't there, but I, I've seen. A, I, I actually was intrigued by that, and it's it's kind of bullshit. What 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 went down, and how much of a shithead she is, and uh, I don't want anyone to lose their job. But at the same time, though, uh, the way people are getting canceled left and right, it it needs to happen on the yeah, for, on the other for side for a whole too. lot less, and for a whole lot of stuff that happened a whole lot of years ago. Yep, and like, I mean, you know, it, you know. I you know, like I'm a big practitioner in the fact that I, I I don't know I wasn't there. Agreed. But I mean, freaking, there's also the whole the old adage of where there's smoke, there's fire. There's always yep. Good point. Good point on that one, man. And there was a lot of shit on her, man. There was it like pretending to give to charity and slicing up his hand, and then he loses his job and uh, pirates and on the next Harry Potter offshoot, and the rumor yeah. he might get rehired and. It, there, there needs to be some balance on that point, man. And this woman probably did wrong. And yeah, like I said, I don't want anyone to lose their job. But you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping this is one of the few times the internet has spoken and it was right. Just like the fact that we're getting the Snyder cut, dude. We got to get together. Like, I'm not watching that without you. <laughs> I'm down. We can make, we can make a, we can make a bro night out of it. I'm not, I'm not watching the Snyder cut without you. Uh, what was what was the other thing? It was yeah, nope, yeah, that was that was it. They we petitioned for the Snyder cut and we're getting. Uh, did you see how they uh, updated Steppenwolf's character? I did, yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. Uh, oh. All all the fixes. Um, I'm sad that Cyborg is fired um, from Flash. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. He was one of the better parts of the Justice League movie. I kind of felt like agreed. Yeah, the the pre Snyder cut version. Agreed. Like his uh, his. Uh, his plight was something that was some serious meat and potatoes on that, especially when his dad died. Like, yeah. <laughs> especially like that, that, that was heavy. And I'm, I, I've, I've been in, I'm not OG Zack Snyder, but I was there when he first, uh, with strike when his original company, uh, when they did, uh, the Dawn of the dead remake, um, Colin, and I okay. wanted, Colin and I have been wanting to do a, a long box on that for a while. I have pages of notes on why that's good. It's, uh, remakes are very rarely good, but this one was phenomenal. It, 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 it have you ever seen the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder? Uh, pretty sure I did. Yeah, I saw it twice in the theater. It was one of my first dates with uh, someone I'm still friends with. Like, it, like I have so many good memories attached to everything Zack Snyder's ever done. Uh, my sister and I going to see Watchmen uh, the the day it came, uh, midnight showing. Oh, nice. Uh, all, all, uh, the same thing with uh, I, I was on a. A really good date with a, uh, someone I'm still really good friends with. When we went and saw, oh no, that wasn't no, that was even my dad. That was not Zack Snyder. That was Wachowski's. Um, I guess I'm just thinking about Pretty Women. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love you some Julia Roberts. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, was listening to the soundtrack the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's probably true. King of wishful thinking. I love that song, man. Uh, <laughs> 
It is a good one. Just real quick, uh, Neil Biter returns number ten. The finally, it, it's it's the the penultimate, well, the end issue of uh, the second series of Neil Biter. We get to the big reveal at the end that he has a son, and then you know, coming soon, son of Neil Biter. Like, oh, awesome! Like, <laughs> I dig that. I, I I'm a big mark for horror movies, and like, this is a horror comic, and. You get like you know Bride of Frankenstein, uh, you know Seed of Chucky. All right, I'm I'm in. Let's let's continue this. But the the real meat and potatoes of this one was the the big reveal about why the main bad guy was going after the nail biter, and it was it was love in in the stupidest form, like where he had to choose, like when it broke down the high school, like he had the daughter with his you know his his wife and that. Uh, when they were in high school, but he was cheating on her the whole time with this evil woman that had literally boogeymen in her in her basement that her her family was grooming her to collect eyes, and it it, it really boils down to doing what's right and what and what feels good. And, ah. and that was that was the real meat and potatoes on that one, like where it really hit hard. That was most of the issue of him. Like, hey, I don't care if you're gonna get back with me or nothing or anything like that. I just, I'm sorry. This, I made the, I made a big mistake, and I love those, those sort of stories. Like, he wasn't the bad guy at the end, and even though the, you know, it's nail biter, you know, he's he is mm-hmm. the nail biter. Yeah. And, and we get to, you know, son of nail biter. Hell yeah, sign my ass up. Like I, I literally called Muse Comics, like, <laughs> make sure I get this shit. <laughs> Now, I had to do the same thing with uh, Last Ronin number two. I had to call Ed. Oh, dude. I panicked. I called you. I, I, <laughs> we were talking like, I, got, I called you. I called them. They have it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and, but I'm glad Ed already had it for you. You had to call Ed, and he had it waiting for you, man. That's awesome. Ed is the shit, yeah. man. Ed Comics here in Colorado Springs. Make sure you take care of that guy. He will take care of you. Uh, same yep. thing. He's solid. Same thing with Muse, George, and Amanda there. And uh, I think her name's Elizabeth. They're they're uh, they're hired hand on that one, and just just good stores t- taking care of the right the right people, which is their what is the right people? The people that invest in comics. You go in there for your your stories, your your escape, and they have it. They're just carefully tended to. You. Like that's perfect. Like the, it's only a couple of bucks, but even then, like you know, you get a. You can get it adds cheap. up. It adds up, but even then, like I need these stories. I I need to hold these in my hand and and read these. And I had to call George, and I was like, "You got stray dogs?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I need it." <laughs> uh, I, I I picked this out of nowhere because it it looked like something I would hate, and and that's that's why I read it. Uh, okay. The the logo in the front is using the uh, Stranger Things font. And it's overly digitized. It's an image comic book uh, written by Tony Fleece, artist Trish Fornster, colorist Bad Simpson. And it, it's super, like, it's not anime style, but it's definitely, like, really bright colors and something I'm not into. Like, it, it, it's really clean and crisp. And I'm reading this, and it's about a little dog. She's there at the... Uh, She's there at the vet. She's getting a shot, and it's all about talking about memory. And she's like, oh, don't worry. She's not going to remember, but she remembers the last time she was there, and she's scared she gets a shot, and she's there with her woman owner. And then next thing you know, 
it's another day and she's getting dropped off at this uh this man has a uh, he's got this big van and in hindsight i didn't really notice the van i'm scrolling through it right now he drops him he drops this little tiny little like tiny little um god what would uh, what would you even call what are those little purse dogs like uh oh fucking um I can't think of it off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, she's tiny. Some, some somebody will post about it. Yeah, she's she's Chihuahua. No, not even a Chihuahua. She's she's just this pretty little purse dog, and she gets dropped off, and you see these boots of this man, and like, hey, it's okay, girl, you're safe now. And then all these dogs are waiting for her, and they're like, oh my god, a new dog! Hey, welcome! Hey, they're all licking on her. She's scared, and and she, she's terrified. She doesn't know why she's there, and. They're like, hey, the, the big dog that's kind of like the tramp from Lady and the Tramp. Hey, this is the main room. This is where all the pillows are. No problem. This is the outside. This is where we poop. We need plenty of room. You can poop here. <laughs> and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, wh why am I reading this? And, you know, over here is, uh, this is the bedroom where we all, all, we all sleep with the master. He's awesome. This room is closed off, by the way. Uh, we're not allowed in there. We think that's where the master keeps his treats. Okay, I don't care. But at the same time, though, I was so involved with how much I this was like drivel, like like <laughs> like like you you're watching like an SVU or Law and Order, like you know any stray comment is not a stray comment. It's it's yeah. it's, it's part of the story. And it's was, all building some. It's all building something, and like and she gets scared. She pees the floor, and she she retreats. And like, hey, man, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're cool. The master's gonna take care of. You. He's awesome. The master is the best guy in the world. And harken back to memory and she pees the floor he comes home and he's like, oh there you are i've been looking all over she's been hiding she found a little hidey hole underneath a little a little table and oh there you are uh you know you find a little spot for hiding and he gives her some food you look you look like you're starving here come on it must be cold and he wraps a uh a scarf a red scarf around her and uh -huh. there you go and then the, her eyes light up and she remembers the boots and her master coming home and her new master murdered her old master. <laughs> she, ah. she she remembers the smell. She smelled her old master, and she remembers watching her new master strangle her old master with that very scarf, and she freaks out, hey, this guy is not who he says he is. Like, he killed my master, and they're like, fuck you, dude, and there's no fucking way. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, they're they're pissed. And that's where it hit me, heavy. Like, what a great way. Like, I don't know if it was just me because I hate these sort of over-colorized, over-stylized type of comics. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it looks like a Disney comic. It, I mean, really, I mean, the artwork's gorgeous. There's nothing wrong with the artwork at all. Yeah. It, it's over-stylized. They're, they're all getting ready to sleep with the, the master, and then, you, and then she goes in the room, and then they, they pan out, and the whole room is filled with, like, you know, taxidermy animals and guns on the wall. And the the tramp is like, listen, I I I don't really believe you, but it we need to figure this out. Yeah. And I don't. It hit me hard, man. I, I love this comic book, man. <laughs> it all kind of came together nicely. Shoot. What a what a swerve! What a killer swerve on that one, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see where this goes, like, in, in, because you see the boots, I mean, it's like, you know, you only see, like, the legs in Charlie Brown or something like that, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah, like, you know, but they, they show the murder, <laughs> they show, like, he was waiting, 
in her yeah. apartment. And another thing that stands out is like she's. It's not like she was with her her chick master and they walked in together. No, she was asleep and she woke up and saw the boots there waiting, and then the door open, and then you see the legs flailing in the air. Wow! Brutal murder with, with some Disney style uh, Disney style art. I, I dig it. I'm 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 100 invested. <laughs> I called Muse right away. Like you know, make sure I got this. <laughs> okay, we'll make sure. Cool. Nice. Damn, I need some drink of water, man. I've been talking for a while. I apologize. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. Kind of the whole point of this. Right? <laughs> man, two shows in one night, man. We got everything in the can. We actually have three shows in the can this week. We got the uh, what I recorded from uh, Mountain uh, Metal Fest 2. Oh, nice. We got Proof for Friday. We got this for Wednesday. Like, uh, we're, we're shining. And then, we, of course, we got to hit the gym on Saturday morning this time and... Uh, Really glad that you weren't able to <laughs> fucking work out on Saturday morning because I got home at like two, three. <laughs> yeah, that would have sucked. <laughs> that would really suck. <laughs> and then and then uh, do everything I did over uh, at the fest, man. And it was it was fun that live music was back and sunshine was popping, man. That's awesome. Shoot, it, they sold three hundred tickets for that. Oh wow! What sucks is is that uh. The, the ban on how many people could be in the venue was lifted the day after Rudapalooza. Ah, it sucks. <laughs> but that's okay. We're going to come back strong with uh, Springtide. Exactly. March 20th. Order some new uh, microphones for that because our microphone was too good. <laughs> yeah. I guess an interesting problem to have. Interesting problem to have. Agreed. Too many, too many guns. I got the lighting. I got the lighting rig in. Uh, we're doing uh, doing some photos with big guns and whoever shows up for the next flyer on uh, Tuesday. Oh, cool. Yeah, working out with my friend on uh, tomorrow, one Tuesday night. There's that. And uh, I forgot to mention. Um, I didn't notice this, but because uh, they didn't give me a tour when I went to uh, Crunch for the first time over here up in uh, on Academy North Academy. There's okay. A, there's a pool. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> There's a pool, and uh, so we gotta hit that one time. I'm down, dude. Yeah, and uh, we gotta hit that one time. But uh, man, we're set for the week, man. We gotta be, like, damn, it's Sunday. We're already set for the week. God damn. Snoochie boochies. Snoochie boochies, man. I got the actually uh, um, early in the day. I got the uh, scaffolding for uh, next week's video done. I just gotta add the uh, or even sync the sync the audio and everything. So it's gonna be a good week. Hell yeah, it is, dude. Freaking make the most of it. That's all you can do. That's all I got for tonight, man. You got anything left in the can? No, oh, no. I think we're, I think we're good, man. Shoot. That was a shitload of comics. <laughs> yeah. Kills and comic books. Freaking uh, talk to a, a good brother and Johnny Proof. Good brother. It's been, a, it's been a good evening, good brother. Agreed. But guys, this is Minefields. This transmission is over, and this is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>